races Cause on the 9th of June 1862 On a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's And she was heavy laden The way we went along Collingwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. I am your host, Greg Troxell. We are here for episode 19, previewing the Burnmouth Cherries. Uh, we have the best co-host in the world with us, Elijah Newsom. How are we doing on this fine Wednesday evening in America? We're chilling, dude. It's a yeah. beautiful, crisp Wednesday night. Wow, Wednesday, Wednesday night in uh in the states. Yeah, uh, where I am, it's warm. I think where you are, it's a little bit colder. I don't know. It man. is. It's a little bit colder in yeah. Atlanta, but I'm, I'm, it's okay. We're both traveling this weekend. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It will be a little bit warmer for me once I fly out to Vegas tomorrow. Yeah. So. And I'm I'm going to Syracuse where it's going to snow Saturday. So yeah. got that going for us. <laughs> That's cold. All right. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're, before we get started, we're, we're just going to talk about some club news that went on. Our typical preview podcast, we have a big match coming up this Saturday. We got a very good team, surprisingly very good team, so we'll go over all the details on that. But first, give us a follow at Coming Home and UFC and our podcast account at CHN underscore radio. And head over to our website, comminghomenewcastle.com. You should, because it's awesome. All right, so club news. The first bit that we wanted to get to is, I guess, Probably the there there hasn't been a lot of club news. We'll start with that. But the most I guess trafficked news item for Newcastle is Mo Diame, and it's not because he's bad. It's because he has a clause in his contract that says if you play a certain amount of matches, that he'll get a new contract at Newcastle United. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't think anybody's sure if it's like a new restructured contract or an extension. Elijah, have you heard anything detail-wise on that? No. Yeah. Because I, I don't care enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish we could break that clause and get rid of him, but yeah. <laughs> um, we signed him back in 2016 for three and a half mil, but, um, and I don't even know what the target is. I don't know what, how many matches he has to play in before. Uh, the new contract takes place, but um, thought that was at least worth mentioning. Uh, and Matt Ritchie made some news because he has opted out of playing international football. It's interesting because Scotland's manager came out. And so the first reported news was that Ritchie retired from international football, just isn't going to play ever again. But Scotland's manager came out and said, no, that's completely incorrect. Like stop taking things out of proportion. He's basically, he basically said, look, you don't know what's going on in the guy's life. Don't say that he retired. He just can't, this is not possible for him to play for us right now. Like, so I don't know if, if Richie's just tired. I mean, it could be a, just, it could be anything really, but Scotland's manager is saying, nope, he's not retired. He's just not playing right now. So do you, what do you think about that? That sounds a little interesting, a little conflicting reports, but I don't think it's a big deal either. Yeah, he, he's, I think he's just 
focused on uh, the Premier League season, um, which, you know, I would be too if I was on a team that's battling relegation. Uh, there's not really much to be concerned with with Scotland at the moment. I mean, there's no big competitions coming up outside of the stupid new UEFA Nations League tournament that doesn't mean anything so yeah it's 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 all whatever just Matt Ritchie wants to I'm assuming stay home and train because he needs to and he could be injured we don't know yeah and there was I guess a knock that he had it looked like it he did last match so maybe that's something that is attributed to it as well so we'll see on that and then Elijah there might have been some transfer rumors I hear yeah, so um, just a couple just to keep on the back burner. I wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't put too much stock into it. Uh, I guess the first one, the most relevant one people are, are talking about is, uh, well, the Chronicles pushing, is the Yassin Brahimi rumors, which he was someone we were linked to last season. Um, but the price tag of 25 million pounds was too much, especially considering uh, Micah Ashley's transfer policy of, not spending money on anyone over the age of 25. Uh, Yassin's 28. He's a left winger. This is a guy who would provide a competition for Kennedy um, and play along that left side or, or allow Kennedy to play in the middle. Who knows? Uh, but he's just a, an interesting somewhat prospect to pay attention to um, because it looks like it's possible we could afford him because he has reportedly uh, stalled his contract talks with Porto, um, which is, is big, which means um, – which possibly just means he wants more money or he's willing to, you know, switch leagues. Um, and he's out and he has never played in the Premier League. And that's something that a lot of guys have wanted to do. He's played in the Portuguese League, French League, and of course, La Liga. Um, so he's played in a lot of leagues, but he hasn't played in the, the Premier League, which I guess is the most prestigious of them all. Um, already, if you if we brought him in now, he'd be someone who could also provide goals. He's got three on the season already. And he scored 44, I think. Yeah, 44 goals in his time with uh, Porto. So he's a guy who can, who can put in goals when you need him and play left mid or left wing. And I guess the other guy uh, that we've been rumored to be scouting and just paying attention to, which which is a, a bit more realistic, in my opinion, just considering the fact that he's young and he's uh, in a championship club, is uh, Ollie Burke, who, like Matt Ritchie, uh, Scottish, uh, was one of the, the next big things uh, – you know, leading up to the Scottish uh, attempt to qualify for the World Cup was a guy who was, I think, I believe he was like 20 or 19 at the time. He was getting a lot of playing time. Um, he was at RB Leipzig for a season and then came back to England. Now at West Brom can play left wing, right wing, or center forward, uh, 21 years of age. Uh, is always been considered someone who's promising. So just someone to keep an eye on. And like I said, uh, it's a little bit more realistic um, he's probably like transfer mark has him around like 8 million pounds in terms of value. Um, and it's just another guy that, you know, could be there to provide depth, but not really an important position that Newcastle are really looking at, excuse me, looking at on the grand scheme of things because we've have depth at the winger position. If you want to call it depth, but yeah, those are just some two. <laughs> yeah. Two or so, or so if forth. you want to call it depth. No, yeah. I, I was going to ask what do you think the valuations are, but yeah, that eight million mark seems to be right at what we would pay for yeah, a twenty-one-year-old. Yeah, I mean, just look uh, at what we paid for Jacob Murphy. I mean, it's similar similar situation. Um, a guy that you kind of hope you can hit on, uh, 
one of those guys who may have made a jump to a bigger club way too early. Um, as he did well for Leipzig, he just was that Leipzig was a big club at the time when he went to Leipzig. They were and still are were contending to win the Bundesliga. Um, and and we've already seen just some of the talent Leipzig has has produced. So yeah, just it's an interesting one. I think that's probably the one I would pay more attention to. Brahimi one seems more like he's stalling his contract just to get more money. Um, Ali Burke is probably likely looking to make a jump back into a top tier league if West Brom don't get promoted. So don't know. All right. Well, let's dive in now to our match. Um, it is against Burnmouth. They are doing well, <laughs> to say the least. A lot better than anybody expected. And I, I, I'm going to keep mentioning this because I deserve punishment for it. But I predicted Burnmouth and Watford would be relegated this season. So here we are with Burnmouth not probably getting relegated at all. <laughs> um, Elijah, just a, just a quick thing on Burnmouth. How, do you, how would you rate their season so far? I think they've come out the gates really strong. Um, stronger than, obviously, I think a lot of people predicted. I wouldn't say you were the only person who... I, I wouldn't say you were alone in predicting that they would be a, a, you know, in a relegation battle. Um, it was a team that seemingly really didn't make many improvements from last season. Um, whilst a lot of the teams uh, around the main improvements and people saw there were some glaring errors, most notably um, with like just kind of their attack. Um, so... And, you know, not really bolstering up the defense, especially when the there's a ton of attackers in the Premier League uh, that have increased in quality and such. So, yeah, good season for them so far. I, I know I'm not completely sold they're going to remain in the top top six, seven, eight. I would imagine them to kind of regress and finish mid-table. Wouldn't be surprised if they finished 13th. But, I mean, so far it's a, it's a good start for them. Yeah, it definitely is. And I noticed, too, I was looking at their schedule, and within the next – I think within the next six weeks, they're playing like the top three clubs. Yeah. So uh, that's really going to see, like, show where they're going to be at. We'll get into the table too, but right now they're sitting in sixth place, tied with uh, Man United, but beating them on goal difference. They're plus six, and and that includes a four zero loss that they had. So, <laughs> uh, but. With 20 points so far, I mean, we would love to be in that situation. But we'll get. Let's get into lineups, uh, Elijah. I want. I'm going to talk a little about Burmuth's lineup, and then I want you to follow with what you think. How you think Newcastle's going to line up? Sound good? Yeah, I think that. I think that works. I think mm-hmm. that works for the people. So uh, last week, I, I I was watching the match. They, they kind of did a four-two-three-one against Manchester United, and they lost the match two to one. But it was it was pretty notable for me because I saw them really compete against a really good side. We did that too, obviously, as everyone remembers that awful day, but it was the same thing where Bermuth went up and, and gave away two late goals and did, wasn't able to get any points out of it. But they, they have a pretty intimidating lineup and you would never think about it. And, I, and honestly, if they were anywhere, I don't know. It's so weird because they're intimidating because they're in sixth but I'm not sure how good they really are. Um, you yeah. have, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so it's hard to, to pin them down to one thing, but Callum Wilson is obviously a great player and he's going to be up top. Um, and we're kind of lucky because so Callum has six goals, five assists already this season, which is absurd through 11 matches. That's insane. 
And then we're, we might get really lucky here because Josh King, and I'm sure a lot of Newcastle fans remember this because we've been linked to him before. And I actually wrote a few articles last year how we should sign him. Uh, he is doing very well, and he's a Norwegian international, but he is at four goals and one assist on this season. So they have two strikers that have a combined 10 goals, six assists through 11, yeah. 11 matches, which – that's key. But where we might get lucky is Josh King is hurt. And he's, he's already said he's 50-50 on this match. And if he doesn't play for this match, he's probably not going to play for Norway next week. So it's, it's a, it could be a big break for us because if they do come out without using him, um, that will force them. I, I mean, I guess – and don't forget, they have on the bench, they have like Jermaine Jafoe. They can put oh, yeah. Jordan Ibe. Also, um, they, they, uh, they're, I guess their third striker, what it looks like in terms of goals, David Brooks has three goals. So, Yeah, David Brooks, he's, <laughs> he's essentially their cam. Yeah. Number 10. And then uh, Ryan Fraser is having a heck of a year. He's the left winger for them. So, yeah. and yeah, he has three goals, five assists. Yeah. So, I mean, they uh, on the attack, they are producing at a very high rate. I mean, you have a winger with three goals, five assists. Imagine if Kennedy had three goals, five assists. He'd have a statue by now. Really? Yeah, Seriously? I, that's insane maybe. numbers this early. As a winger yeah, to true. have almost a goal uh, or created or scored a goal per game, he has – okay, so eight, eight total goals, three goals, five assists through 11. That's insane numbers. That's almost – that's getting close to a per-game goal, which is absurd for a winger. That's really good. So that's, that's going to be the challenge. And obviously they, they're two expensive players, Jefferson Lerma, who's defensive midfielder, and Lewis Cook. And then they have a pretty good center back, uh, Nathan. I think I'm pronouncing this right. Aki or Aki? Ake. Ake. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I didn't do it no, right. The former uh, Chelsea is one of those yeah, Chelsea yeah, guys Chelsea. that was, uh, you know, in the academy, wonder kid, and then they literally never played for Chelsea. Well, he played like – like cup games. But. That's their brand. That's their brand. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So they, we have a lot of, I guess, problems that could arise in this match. And so I think they're going to line up. If Josh King doesn't play, they're going to line up the same way, same lineup. You know, guys that have performed at a very high level that are in this lineup. And so I think they're going to put out the same thing. If Josh King is healthy, I mean, they could even come up with two up top and, and really, cause some trouble. So, uh, Elijah, talk to us about how Newcastle is going to do things. I would imagine it's largely the same. I think, um, I think you've seen this news. Uh, the news right now is basically everyone who we thought was injured is apparently fit. So, um, <laughs> so I would imagine we're going to roll up the same lineup. Um, I guess the only area I'm a bit iffy on, uh, is of course, will I Jose Perez start because he scored. So, he's in form i don't know um but i the consensus from the the consensus was uh the consensus was that we should probably start muto he is healthy uh he he's played well in the eyes of the fans but we aren't rafa um i guess the other question mark is diame or key um i think anyone with a brain would would probably start key and I think that Rafa – this is a situation where I think Rafa would rather start Key than Diame just because I think Rafa has a little bit more trust in Key and his experience in the Premier League. So I, I think in an ideal world, 
Rafa wants a key Shelby pairing. Um, I would hope Muto starts um, and then probably say Rondon up top again, Richie and Kennedy on the wings. And then the back four is going to be Dubbett, uh, Fernandez, Lascelles, and of course, Yedlin with Dubrovka and goal. I mean, our back so four are solid. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you can kind of do whatever you want there. Yeah. Uh, there is a quote that Benita said about Shelby and Muto that they're still not practicing and that they've been still Shelby and Muto have been receiving treatment and it's difficult to tell for this weekend, but the Rafa said little by little, we'll see how they progress, but it's tough to tell. So the, I wouldn't say that's a very positive sign that Shelby and Muto would play because if they're still not practicing, then I would assume they're out at this point. I think Lascelles is in. Okay. Okay. He's back. All right. Or, or Roth is just saying this to throw Bournemouth off. Oh, I love that. Mind games. I love that. Gotta, that's a classic, classic coach move. Yeah. You know, play some mind games with the opposing coach. They're, they're building their tactics. I mean, because your tactics are completely different if you've got Key and Diame versus Shelby and Key. It's just because you got a completely different midfield. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. We'll see. Because there's some stuff that Shelby does really well that Key doesn't and vice versa. And then Diame doesn't really do anything well. So if you're not <laughs> – he's in there. You don't really have the game plan around him. You can Your game plan is just swarm Diame and hope that his first touch is as awful as uh, it usually is. So, um, yeah. I, it, I don't know. I, I have faith that they'll play. Um, Adam, I think if – I think what's likely is that we'll see Muto on the bench again just because it's Muto and for some reason Rafa doesn't trust him as much as he trusts Iose Perez, which I, I don't know why he trusts him to do anything. I wouldn't trust Iose Perez to babysit my dog. I think he does it because that's how he gets playing time. Oh, yeah, that probably makes sense. Rafa does have some gorgeous puppers. If anyone wants to check about their on his Instagram. Gorgeous puppers. Yep. Yeah. All right. So going back to Bournemouth now, I, I think the the key for Newcastle, I think, is to focus on their match in the end of September. And that's when they lost 4-0 to Burnley. That's a shock. That Yeah, Burnley's Bur- not good. Yeah. And, and Burnley never scores four goals. They never probably even scored two. It's rare. They, they have no offense. And they scored four against Bournemouth. And it was a home... It was at home for Burnley. So very similar situation that, to what we're seeing here. I think that's one that, to really focus on. But since then, so since October 1st, Burnmouth have beaten Crystal Palace, 4-0 win over Watford, drawn Southampton, and beat Fulham 3-0, and then just recently lost to Man United. So they went undefeated for the month of October and started this with a loss. So th- there's... They're doing well, <laughs> we would say. I mean, just in what they have, they had three, seven, they had nine goals and four matches in October. So that's pretty on fire, I would say. So that's, that's my biggest concern. But we had, need to focus somehow on what Burnley did tactically in that match. And I haven't seen the match, did, I, just by chance, did you? No. Okay. So I'm not I mean, sure. It doesn't sound a match that like I would want to watch. No, <laughs> me neither. Yeah, but I, I gotta imagine that Sean Dice kind of 
I'm assuming it was a very defensive game plan, which is kind of similar to what we've been doing all year is playing defensive, still not afraid to come out on the attack and get something out of it. And I, and I think if we play that style, we can really get something out of this is I guess what I'm saying. Um, so I'm going to go into some stats. Do you have anything to add there before I do dive, dive into this? No, I'm just stats. I'm, I'm still in just a bit of shock that Burnley scored four goals. Just want to know who the goal <laughs> scorer is. Like, how did that? I need. To, I want to watch those highlights. Just that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That I think. That, I mean, if you're watching film on on Burnmouth and trying to figure out how to beat them, that's that's where you start right there. Obviously. So cherries all time in Newcastle. They've only been five times ever. They've only come to Newcastle five times in their entire club history. As we know, they, uh, when they first were promoted to the Premier League, what was that, three years ago now? Four years ago? That was their first time ever in the Prem. Um, so they played in – oh, yeah, so it was 2015-2016. Uh, that season was their first time in the Premier League. So they, we lost, or they lost when they came up here the first time, and last year they also lost 1-0. So 3-1 and 1-0, Newcastle won each time they've come up to Newcastle for home match. Now, they're definitely a better team than last year or in 2015. So don't count it as, as a win. But here's something that's interesting. As we all know, they are unofficial sponsor, <laughs> 538. They are, do sats, and I love them. So they do like a prediction for every match as well. And the Newcastle one caught my eye this week. Usually it's, it's pretty what you expect. And I definitely expected Burnmouth to be projected to win. But guess what? They're, they're not. Mm. So according to 538, Newcastle have a 40% chance to win this match, a 28% chance of a draw, and then Burnmouth has a 32% chance to win. So it's, it's slightly in Newcastle's favor, but that's not what I expected at all. I mean, you're looking like – look at Leicester, Burnley. That's kind of a similar table situation. Leicester's 57% chance to win. Burnley has a 19. I mean, t- Spurs, Crystal Palace, 52% to Spurs, 22 to Crystal Palace. But Newcastle and Burnmouth, Newcastle with a 40%, Burnmouth with a 32%. So I, I think that's notable because I think people see, okay, well, Newcastle's surging. We have four points from our last two matches. We're at home right before the break. Burmouth just lost for the first time in a little while, so they're a little down. This it could be something that we get out of it. Do you agree? Yeah, um, and and it's interesting. I know Rafa will probably be looking at that Burnley Bournemouth game, and just reading up a little bit on it, looks like Bournemouth had sixty three percent of the possession in that game, and it looks like they just got caught on the counterattack four times, which I don't know that you let that happen. And if there's anyone who can win a game by just, uh, you know, letting you make your own mistakes and then attacking on the counter, it's, it's Rafa Benitez. Um, and he's proven that he's able to at least compete with some of the bigger clubs in the league by doing that and employing that strategy. And I'm going to assume that against a team like Bournemouth, who doesn't have that quality off the bench that a Man City does or – that a man you does where you're able to bring in difference makers that are going to result in immediate goals. If you get down early, I think if Newcastle can get another early goal and there's a couple early goals, it won't end up like 
um, matches like against Man U or Man City where you eventually either, you know, never gain a lead or concede a lead. So it's interesting. I, I, I can see why 538's like there's still a chance Newcastle can, can pull this out. Yeah, I, I, I see it. For once, I see it. And I think I, I put in slack during the Watford match. It was still nil-nil at this point. But when I was watching, I, I had that on as well as a, a Newcastle match. And I, I, I think I sent everybody a message. I was like, guys, Burnley's good. I mean, Burnley. <laughs> Burnmouth is good. And, I, and I, I meant it. I mean, they were up 1-0 on Man United. And they just looked like they weren't afraid of the challenge at all. And they're not going to be coming up to Newcastle. But it's going to be up to – our back line can really make a difference in a match like this. Just discourage them a couple of times, hit them on the counter. We have a, we have a whole new ballgame. Yeah, and I would say this. I think our back line is – I don't know how to describe it, but I just – like I would, I would take our back line over a lot of the back lines in the league. I just think that in terms of like together they all play well as a unit – and I think that they all have that same degree of toughness. Like they're all going to go in for every challenge. They're going to, it's going to be just, they're going to attack you and attack the ball every chance they can get. And then once they kind of get hold of the ball, they're going to retain possession. You, you rarely see our back line give the ball away. I mean, I guess the people you see give the ball away, ironically, is our midfielder, Ayose and Diame, who give the ball away the most. I mean, Yedlin has his moments, but for the most part, this back line, if they gain control of the ball, they're going to keep it. And, I don't know, they're just a confident bunch, and they play well together, which still at this point in the season, surprisingly, there's still some back lines in the Premier League that don't play well together, but this one does. So, I mean, I, I agree. I think that this back line can frustrate them, and I think if you can take their strikers out of the game and frustrate their midfield a little bit, then Newcastle definitely has a chance to, to nick at least one or two. Yeah, and we're in the top half of the table as far as goals conceded. Uh, we have 14 on the year. Burmouth also has 14 goals conceded. So they've been doing well. But a lot of their reason for that is because of their attacking nature, how well they've done scoring goals that they haven't had to work as hard defensively. Newcastle, obviously the exact opposite. They've had to bust their butts defensively and then see the results. But only 14 goals given up through 10 is, I mean, through 11 is a very good achievement so far. And that's the same as Arsenal. Um, so there's, I think it's. I think this. I wouldn't be as optimistic if we didn't win. That's for sure. So I, yeah. I guess I'll give my prediction now. But just seeing what I mean, if we even it wasn't pretty last week when we won. But if we played like that against Bournemouth, I think we. I think we can get another win. It's weird saying this because I said Watford would win two zero, and I know how good Bournemouth is. But I'm. I'm going to trust our back line here, and I'm going to say. It's going to be a two-to-one Newcastle win. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a one-one draw. Uh, I don't know why. I I think that I, I just don't think Newcastle's capable of scoring more than one goal. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair. I <laughs> like I argue against it. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I mean, like, well, Man I, United. No, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that counts. Yeah, we we did see against Man United, but I, I just yeah, I don't know. I just. I it's I haven't seen enough from Newcastle creating goals from the open from open play. We've seen a lot of set piece stuff, which is great. Take advantage of every set piece possible. A lot of stuff really quick on the counter, but um, in a in a match where I'm assuming we're going to play our normal tactics, I really haven't seen us create 
goals like we have in the past. And maybe this is the game to kind of finally unlock that. But for now, I see us getting another set-piece goal and maybe conceding a goal from open play um, you know, later on in the match. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Yeah, I would take that too. Because that, either way, I mean, with both of our predictions, mine would be more pleasing to the eye because we would have uh, seven points through the last three matches. So seven out of nine possible. And even a draw there, it still looks fine. Five out of a possible nine, five and three. That that type of work rate will get you to safety. That's for sure. Yeah. So anytime we can string in a run of form like this, that would be great. Um, a loss, obviously, would not look as great. <laughs> All right, so do you have anything else? I feel like we just kind of whiz by it, but, I mean, that's the kind of the habit of the game. Yeah, I think that's a habit of these previews. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah. uh, we've already destroyed uh, the, the team, or well, in this case, this week, we didn't destroy the team. Um, we, we spoke of them very highly. Um, but, but yeah, no, I don't really have anything else. I'm, I'm excited to see how, how, uh, how Bournemouth plays. I do think uh, Josh King being there or not being there is going to make a, a huge difference, leaning towards him not being there. I don't know if it's as big of a difference if we're missing Uto or if we're missing Shelby just because, I don't know. I just, I don't know if, I, I, okay, maybe with Shelby, um, I don't know about Muto just because I still think that Newcastle can create goals as long as Kennedy's playing the same way he does if Richie returns to playing um, how he did at the beginning of the season. Um, I don't know if I'm too concerned against Bournemouth. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it should be should be an interesting match. But yeah, yeah I think sure. it ended up 1-1. Okay. Well, let's look at the Premier League table a bit. So, Bournemouth, I mentioned, is in sixth place. Uh, probably the highest they've ever been, uh, which is pretty impressive, to say the least. Uh, staying at the top of the table, Man City with 29. Chelsea and Liverpool tied for second and third right there, tied on 27 points. Spurs in fourth with 24, and Arsenal with 23 points. Uh, Newcastle. You kind of, kind of scroll down a little bit to 17th, but we are not in 18th, 19th, or 20th, and that's what matters most. We are sitting in 17th with six points, and we have definitely a way better goal difference than any of the clubs around us. But if results go our way and we win, say hello to 14th. Yeah. Say hello to it. I'll say hi to it. I'll text yeah. it hello, actually. Yeah. Hello, 14th. Oh. Oh, right there. I don't know if you British people know about Adele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, American made superstar right there. Americans. Adele. Um, (laughs) All right. So we have have some big news. Oh, we do. We have the first sponsor in CHN radio history. Yes, we do. Ladies and gentlemen, we do. Yes. So if you do, you like sports, Elijah? I enjoy sports. Some may say that I'm someone who's studying sport management and therefore are an expert in sport. Are you looking for a live TV streaming service, but sports are the main draw for you? Yes. I actually hate everything else about television. So this sounds wonderful. Fubo TV could be exactly what you were looking for. Mm. Exactly. So 
If you're looking for a service, you can stream and l- record live sports and TV from Fox, NBC, BN Sports, Univision, NBA TV, A&E, more. You can do whatever you want. Stream any live sporting match. You can even upgrade and get live TV shows or whatever you want to do. You should sign up to Fubo TV. And even a better, I guess, incentive is we're going to make it easy for you because if you click on the link okay. in our podcast description, you're going to get direct access to sign up to that. How, how good does that sound? It sounds amazing. We'll also and, tweet it out and it'll be in the article and just, just sign up through the link. Trust us. Yeah. It's a just better experience. Us. Yeah. Cause that also means that they think that we're doing a good job telling you about the best streaming service for sports. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys are picking up what we're putting down, but it is a sponsor. So, yeah, you know, that link is a uh, key. That's key. It's, uh, <laughs> we have a player named key also. Yeah. Oh, we do. We yeah. do. And you, you can catch key on Fubo TV. Yeah. And Fubo TV uh, is sponsoring the question segment. Oh, yeah. I even mentioned that. (laughs) (laughs) But click the link. I swear it's worth it. Oh, yeah. Live sports. You got to love a live sport. I I love everything about sports, especially when they're live. Yeah. Especially. I hate when they're pre-recorded sports. All right. So, because that beautiful thing just happened, we're going to get to your questions. And we have a wonderful list of questions. The first one is from our very own Lost Muffin. Uh, one Lost Muffin is his Twitter handle. Or, or, or them, they. Uh, well, really... so I think, I think it's a he. I could be wrong because he, he responded to a tweet in a GIF that was saying, uh, I don't think I can find it, but basically... Oh, yeah. I found it. So he said, when CHN Radio name drops you in the opening segment, and the GIF says, that man is me. In the GIF. Okay. Okay. But, but what to if himself as a man. What if there's just not a, that woman is me, or that muffin is me? There's, if there, I, wow. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. don't know where to go uh, from yeah. here. I just, I just had something with your brain right there. Lost, one lost muffin. Yeah. Just be a muffin for us, will you? Yeah. Or if you just want to, just shoot us a DM and be like, hey, I'm a guy. <laughs> that, that too. That could happen. But anyway, this is what he, they said. <laughs> this is what they said. Um, there's, there's a question and then an explanation. Okay. So the question is, is Rafa more likely to gain support from a win or is Ashley more likely to be under more pressure to sell the team from a loss? And then he came up with another tweet and said, in other words, aside from points, how important is this game in terms of Newcastle's politics? That is a very good question. Yeah, um, that's, that's deep. Yeah, that, so, so I don't know if, there, if a loss would result in pressure for Ashley to sell the club because I still think – and I'm and I've I've kept this opinion very like uh, this has been an opinion I've kept for a while and if you read any of my writing it, it's something that I mentioned a lot. Ashley does not seem to think that he's the root of the issue at Newcastle, and he I don't think he ever will think that. 
Um, I think Ashley, and I mean, and he has a right to believe this. Um, he believes that he's invested a lot in the club, which technically speaking, he has. The club was in a lot of debt when he bought the club. He's loaned the club a lot of money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he doesn't really think that he's the issue here. So a loss for him just, I think, would, wouldn't apply any pressure for him to sell the club. I think it would, in, in turn, um, maybe just make him want to possibly invest more in the club to ensure the club gets sold. But I don't think he's going to be um, quick to make a deal. I think a win for Rafa is, is more important uh, just because I think Rafa's future largely hinges on Newcastle surviving. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just – I think that if we go down – um, we're stuck with Ashley. If we stay up, there's still the slight chance that we'll, in Ashley's eyes, a very large chance that we're still getting sold. Um, so I think a win is more important for the politics of, of the club uh, because a win um, and means that we, we could possibly stay up and staying up ensures that we, we get sold. I don't know if, if losing is going to ensure that we get sold just because I don't think Mike Ashley feels the pressure to sell when we're losing. Uh, so... Yeah, and I, I, I'm on board with you there. I think, yeah, winning is going to keep the investors in shape. And there's already pressure on Ashley to sell. And a loss, like one loss, isn't going to do that because we've, we've been there. We've had yeah, multiple losses. Yeah, we've had losses, like what, eight in a row or something. Yeah. <laughs> eight in a row, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. we've been there. So I don't think one more is just going to like be the, the one that pushes everything overboard. I think uh, – I think the win is better just because it, it gets us closer to safety. It gets us more appealing to investors. Um, there's just more potential if you're higher at the table. So awesome. Okay. Now we have our next question from the goat, the official questionnaire of CHN radio, Trevor Mooney. This is a, this is a brilliant question. Brilliant. It has, let's just see how you how it goes (laughs) he said are you there elijah yeah okay he said now that we have finally popped our cherry punny that's wow okay we can ask the important questions would you rather (laughs) would you rather be born with no mouth or throw fists with jason Bourne? so he spelled born like bournemouth and born with no mouth so i get it that was really good that's cute. That was creative. Uh, wait, isn't that how you spell Jason Bourne anyway, though? Yeah, yeah, but he said, would you rather be born and spelled it like Bourne, Bourne Myth? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like, I know. I'm just saying that. Like, yeah, you spell Bourne the same way as <laughs> yeah. that, too. So he said, now that we finally popped our cherry, we can ask the important questions. Would you rather be born with no mouth or throw fists with Jason Bourne? Are we talking about, like, Jason Bourne, the character, or are we talking about Jason Statham? Uh... Wait, isn't Jason Jason Bourne isn't Jason Statham? Wait, who's Jason Statham? Jason Statham is an actor. Yeah. But Well, who plays Jason Bourne? Jason Bourne is the isn't it Matt Damon? It is yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah, oh yeah, no, there was uh, one Bourne, there was one Bourne movie with uh, Jason Statham. Yeah, it's Matt Damon. Like a one-off one. I, Matt Damon doesn't no, scare me. Oh, it like, wasn't Jason Statham either. Well, who was it? Why am I getting why why am I thinking of Jason Statham? Um Jeremy Renner was the other born. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, oh, the guy who plays Hawkeye. 
Yeah, it plays other things too, but yeah. Well, I mean, uh, do we really care about the other stuff? (laughs) No. (laughs) Hey, there you go. All right, so Matt Damon. Matt Damon. All right, so do I want to get in a fight with Matt Damon? Well, I guess it's more of do I want to get in a fight with Jason Bourne. It definitely is Jason Bourne because I would fight Matt Damon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. Jeez. Jason Bourne kills a lot of people. Yeah. So would you rather fight him or be born with no mouth? (laughs) But, like, I like my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, jeez. Okay. I'm going to go Jason Bourne. Okay. Because this is why. Because one punch to the face or punch to the gut. Because I think he's one of those guys that, like, he won't kill you if you don't really fight back. So if I just take one hit from him and just, like, collapse and, like, get knocked out or just pretend like I'm knocked out, like, he'll just walk away. Okay, yeah. Like, we're just assuming here that he's not out to ki- – like, he's not going to kill us because it's a fight. Yeah, like, it's just like, a oh, fight. So and, like, so if he's getting in a fight with someone, count? Exactly. I'm just like, if he, did, he hits me square in the face, yeah, that's going to hurt, but that's better than a lifetime with no mouth. Are you kidding me? How am I supposed to enjoy mac and cheese with no mouth? How am I supposed to go to Chick-fil-A and order without a mouth? These are the important things I'm thinking about here. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take a black eye for more Chick-fil-A. I'll just wake up and eat Chick-fil-A. Wow. I was got, I, I'm going the opposite, but solely because you went the opposite. Like you went one direction. So I'm going to pick the other. You don't have to do that. Well, you said the Chick-fil-A thing and really, I was set on picking the opposite. And then you said the Chick-fil-A thing. I was like, Oh man, he's right. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. Chick-fil-A, so I was going to give a uh, shout sponsor. out to our wonderful sign language community throughout the world. Okay. That it's okay to be born with no mouth because there's a perfect, beautiful language for you. But then when you start taking food away from me, I start getting hostile. Yeah, so that's true. That. How do you barf with no mouth? Where does it come from? Because I'm like, that's definitely a reaction your body has to have. But like, what like what what happened wow <laughs> that is something that like i hope to never find out but i just thought about that like because like okay breathing you have your nose tubes they can use for feeding but like that is a bodily function that like sometimes has to happen because of something i don't know like if there's some acid issues with your stomach or you're just sick and your body needs to get rid of toxins i guess there's other ways to get rid of toxins that don't sound as great like you know the d word but, but yeah, like throwing up is not possible. Teaser, stay tuned for our next podcast. What's it like to live with no mouth? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I don't know. Like I'm like, my mind's kind of blown right now thinking about this. Because yeah. These are questions that I don't have the answer or I've never thought about before. Yeah, it's a woe for you. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So, <laughs> I, what do I even do? It's like, should we just end it right now? <laughs> should we just end the podcast? Yeah, uh, Fubo TV. <laughs> Here we go. Oh. Like, I'm, I'm still right. in the thought about living without a mouth. Well, here's the thing. If you don't have a mouth, you can at least enjoy sports on Fubo TV. Uh, you can click yes. the link in our podcast bio. Uh, it'll be in our Twitter bio as well. Um, it'll also be tweeted out. Sign up with that link. I actually, now I want to get it. So I feel like I need Fubo TV now because yeah. right now my, my game watching situation is very limited and I'd like to watch more games on television. And I didn't even know about the NBA TV. So mm-hmm. 
you know, yeah. it's, it's looking There's likely. There's a whole list. If you go on the website too, you can look at all the channels that they offer. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Pretty nice. And it's, all right. it's a good way to uh, watch American sports. Or no sports around the world. Oh, well, you know, global. we know which sports are the most important. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> now that will conclude episode 19 of CHN Radio. Follow us. Oh, wait, guys, we have what? a listener in Antarctica. Stay tuned. Oh, stay tuned. Oh, stay tuned. Yes, stay tuned. We have a listener in Antarctica. So allegedly, he will be coming straight to your ears. At a time near, <laughs> near near this. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> we, right. have to, we, can't allegedly. Yeah. we have to make that clarification. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. I'm fine with doing that. All right. So uh, follow us on social media. The end of this podcast is great, by the way. Follow yeah, us on social media. Send us an email. CHNRadioNUFC at gmail.com. Um, if you see us on the street, make sure you come up to us and say, I give you five stars. I will be in Vegas this weekend. So if there's any Toon Army members in Vegas, holla at me. And I'm your host, Greg Troxel. He's your other host, Elijah Newsom. This is CHM Radio. And away the lads. And a broken nose and gammon to blade and razor.
bright and moody. Coffee Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cuddy. There were spice gals and monkey shows, and they had white selling sliders. And the chips were happening, going to butchers, and no more lads for riders. Oh, no. 